Okay, so we're starting a new sermon series, a little mini-sermon series um, over the next three weeks in this opening chapter of John's Gospel. So chapter one, it's a series we've called Light into Darkness. And I'm conscious that there has been a, a lot of darkness for us these past 20 months with COVID, with the pandemic, and you know, the longer it, it goes on, you know, the harder it can be for us, right? We're probably not as much of a shock like the first time it happened, but hearing about this Omicron variant, and you're probably thinking, oh my goodness, you know, here we go again, and the government's tightening restrictions, you've all got your face masks on, and you know, how is this all going to play out? Perhaps you know, you're someone who has, has put your hope in science, put your hope in the vaccinations. Now you're beginning to wonder, you know, are we ever going to find a cure to coronavirus? What's it going to look like for us to just live with it year in, year out? Um, perhaps you're someone who puts your hope you know, in humanity for us to come together at this time and look out for one another and, and care for one another. But then you hear this news story, this awful, heartbreaking news story. Not sure, this six-year-old child, did you read about this? He was poisoned by his dad and his stepmom and abused and like, killed. And you're thinking, oh my goodness, like, when there's so much darkness sort of out there in the world, and we're really feeling it at the moment, we felt it for these last 20 months, it's still there. And you see the darkness in humanity, perhaps the darkness in your own heart. I mean, surely we're thinking to ourselves, like, where is real hope to be found? Did you hear verse 5 of our passage? The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. The light is Jesus Christ. He is the light of the world, and the darkness will never overcome him. This is the hope we celebrate at Christmas time. This Advent season preparing, this is what we are looking forward to Jesus Christ. The light, the darkness has not overcome him. And in these first five verses, these first four verses before verse five, I think we are given um, three reasons why we can be absolutely sure in this hope. I don't know, you know where the foundations of your hope are today. This is no fragile hope we are showing, no superficial hope. This is a hope we're going to see that goes all the way back to the eternal, unchanging nature of God himself. It's a sure hope. A hope that can keep you going, me going, us going, through all this. A hope that means it will turn out all right in the end. No matter how dark it gets, there's still the light there. The light of Christ shining. So let's have a look at it now. Looks at these three aspects of God's nature. and want us all to have this hope today. First, the God who speaks. Verses 1 and 2. We're on page 1063, if you want to have your Bibles open or if it's on your phone to follow along. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So here we are, taken back to the very beginning. It's got echoes of Genesis 1, in the beginning God. But here we get, in the beginning was the Word. This is not just the beginning of time, right? That happens in verse 3 with the creation. We're before time, before creation. Who do we have we have the Word who was with God and was God. The first two persons of the Trinity, God the Father and God the Son. But here, not described as the Son, described as the Word. Why is that? Now, words express who we are. If I, the more I talk, the more you get to know me, know what I'm like. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of God's heart, he speaks. What do we get? The Word begotten, not made, a perfect expression of who he is, an exact representation of who he is, just what he's like. And so what we're getting here in these opening two verses, John, he's taking us right back to the beginning, to the very nature of God himself, his very being, who he is. And we see God is a speaking, communicating, revealing 
relating God. That is who he is, part of his nature. Last week, my cousin sent me um, a YouTube video called The Four Horsemen of Meaning. I'm not sure if you've come across it. Um, it's two hours long, so it's quite a long one. But he said, look, Mark, I think you're going to like this. So I thought I'd give it a go. Um, it's got Jordan Peterson, Bishop Barron, John Viveki, and Jonathan Pajot. And they are discussing what they call the meaning crisis in Western culture today. And towards the end of this video, I'll save you watching the two hours if you want, but they give this illustration of a, of a, of a map and say like a a map, you need a map, right, to traverse across the world. And without a map, you are lost, and being lost is a terrible thing. And they say, science is not the map. Science can only tell you about the terrain, or just describe the terrain. And they suggest that the loneliness epidemic that we're seeing more and more of in the UK and the US, and the addiction epidemic, and the fact that people are more inclined to hang out in the virtual world than the real world, all boils down, they are suggesting, to the fact that many people today are trying to live reality without an overarching narrative, without a framing narrative. And it really struck me as I was listening to this and I was preparing for this. In verse 5, we are, can you see we are given that narrative in verses 1 to 5? Well, in fact, the whole of this opening chapter. And it's not a narrative, but it is a person. Because in verse 14, this word, we are told, became flesh. That is, he was born so this word who was with God and was God and is speaking, revealing, he has been born into this world, space-time history, 2,000 years ago, and verse 17 tells us that name is Jesus. And so God has spoken to us, to humanity, you know, once and for all, fully in the most richest, fullest, personal way possible, by becoming one of us at Christmas time, the first Christmas, 2,000 years ago. The light shining in the darkness of perhaps at times meaningless, meaninglessness. He wants to give meaning. He wants to communicate to us. If you're ever thinking to yourself, is there meaning to life? If you doubt that as a Christian, you know, how, how can I know for sure? And John is saying, you can, you can be sure you find it in Jesus Christ. The Word made flesh. At times, you know, when it's in the dark nights of the soul, or maybe you're going through a really particularly dark time at the moment, and you're just, you feel all alone, and you, God seems silent. You know, are you there? Yes, he is. He is always there. In the very nature of his being, he's a speaking, communicating, relating, revealing God, the word made fit, he is with you now. Back in Genesis, God speaks, let there be light, and there's light, the whole creation comes into being. God speaks with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Despite the fall and humanity turning their back on God, God continues to speak in various and many ways. And then God has spoken to us in his son as a person. And God continues to speak to you today. That's who he is. He can't not. It's part of his very being, his eternal nature. He wants to reveal, relate, speak into your situation. He's never not there. Always there with you. Never silent. It's a wonderful thing. The other day I was playing with my a four-year-old, and um, I got distracted on my phone. It's not my finest parenting moment. I was probably watching that YouTube video I mentioned before. And anyway, clearly I was so distracted, I couldn't hear him um, like, trying to get my attention, trying to ask me a question, you know, asking for help. In the end, he came running up to me, like smacking me with my legs with both hands. He said, speak, Daddy, speak. And look, and maybe sometimes between you and God, you know, it can feel that way. When you're in the darkness, are you there? Do you care? Are you speaking? Say something. God is never distracted. 
He's never lost his attention, his focus on his world, humanity, you. He's there. He's been speaking, communicating, revealing from eternity past. It will carry on for eternity future. It will not stop. It is who he is. Do you see how your hope is drowned? It's so strong. It's so deep. It goes into God himself. It goes into eternity backwards and forwards. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. So keep listening to Jesus this Advent season. Do you join in on the Advent reading group? I'm finding it a great encouragement hearing all the stuff you're putting on there. Keep listening to Jesus, the word made flesh in the pages of scripture. That's where we meet him. Keep letting him speak into your life. He is the framing narrative of our lives. Let his light shine in whatever darkness you are facing right now. That's the first thing, the God who speaks. Secondly, in verse three, we see the God who creates. Verse three, through him, that is through the word, this eternal divine word, who is with God, who was God, through him, all things were made. Without him, just let me be clear, John says you get this, without him, nothing was made that has been made. I've been watching Peter Jackson's um, latest documentary on the Beatles, Get Back, it's in Disney+. Plus. Um, incredible documentary, three parts, several hours each, um, and it's based on the original recordings, film recordings that were taken on the Get Back sessions back in 1969. And you get to see the four Beatles, these geniuses, how they come up with, with their songs. There's this incredible scene where there's Paul McCartney, and he, they're, they're struggling to get some songs. They need you know, 14, and they're in a rush to get it by the end of the week or something. And he sort of starts playing these, yeah, I think I've got a song, sort of like something to do with Get Back. And he starts sort of strumming some chords and improvising a little bit, throw some words out, get a little bit of feedback. And in the space of just like three to five minutes, you suddenly see this like incredible song get back, like get created seemingly out of, of nothing. Now, let's be clear, right? Paul McCartney doesn't come up with music, doesn't come up with the guitar, he's working with it. It's still incredible. God creates everything out of nothing. The whole musical range, the raw materials of a guitar, the creative genius of Paul McCartney, God made it all. And he made you to. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Did you know that the scientific theory known as the Big Bang was actually proposed in the 1930s by a Belgian Roman Catholic priest called George Lemaitre? I never knew that. I found that out this week. I was reading this excellent little book by Rebecca McLaughlin called Is Christmas Unbelievable? And she describes how the idea of the Big Bang was strongly opposed at first by atheist physicists. They thought it sounded too much like the Christian um, doctrine of creation out of nothing. And so they actually came up with the word big phrase, Big Bang, as a joke, as a mocking derogatory term. Now, of course, the scientific consensus today is indeed that it is the Big Bang, and the question is still there, well, where does the Big Bang come from? And she then goes on to quote astrophysicist Stephen Hawking, who claims to have answered the question. And he says, because there is a law like gravity, the universe can and will create itself from nothing. Spontaneous creation is the reason there is something rather than nothing, why the universe exists, why we exist. And she says, look, which one do you want to go with? Do you want to go with the idea that nothing creates something, nothing creates everything? 
Or do you want to go with God, the, who has revealed himself in the person of Jesus, the Word made flesh, who we've seen 2,000 years ago, that from him all things are made? Seems to be the one of two choices. Which one do you want to go with? I know which one seems more reasonable to me. And so how is it that Jesus can turn water into our wine with such consummate ease? How is it that Jesus can calm a storm with just a word? How is it he can give sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, speech to the mute, with just a touch? Because he is the word made flesh, because through him all things were made. Water, wine, all five senses. He is the creator of everything. He's the creator of you. So look, I hope that gives you confidence in the face of evil, in the face of chaos, in the face of the darkness we see all around us at the moment. The eternal word who is with God, who was God, who was met here. He's so powerful that he can create everything out of nothing. You don't think he's perfectly able to do that again and again and again. Order out of chaos, light out of darkness, peace out of hostility, good out of evil. Our hope as Christians is grounded in the eternal nature of God. Here is the creator of everything. If you ever feel like the world is spiraling out of control, that humanity, we've gone too far, that things can't be turned, there's no turning, nothing is outside God's control. He's the creator of everything. No matter how dark it gets, the light will always shine. And perhaps personally, you know, at times you feel trapped in certain patterns of thought, certain addictive patterns of behavior. You feel trapped. You feel there's no way way out. How do we move on? There is nothing in the whole of creation which is more powerful than God himself, the creator of all. The light will keep shining in the darkness. God will have the victory in your life and ultimately over the whole universe. God said right at the beginning, let there be light, there is light, and God continues to speak today into the darkness, let there be light, let there be light, let there be light, and there was light. That's the second thing, the God who creates, the God who speaks, the God who creates, thirdly, finally, the God who is himself life. Have a look at verse four, last thing we're going to look at. In him, again, this eternal divine word, the creator of all, in him was life. And that life was the light of all humankind. Now, when we think of life, we probably think of created life, animal life, plant life. We saw our life from birth to death. Um, but if you think about it, all created life is dependent on God. We've just seen that in verse 3. Well, he creates all things. It's not intrinsic to itself. It's dependent on another. In, in verse 4 here, when we speak of this life, this is the life that the eternal word has in himself, intrinsic to himself, not dependent on anyone else, a life from eternity to eternity. That is what we're speaking of here, a life that is so full of goodness and truth and beauty that when the word is made flesh and you see the person of Jesus as you see him in the gospels and you, just the way he speaks and the authority he has, 
the beauty of his character and love and grace and mercy and kindness. The way whenever he speaks to people, it seems to be just what they want to need to hear. People just reach out and touch him and they are healed from incurable disease. There is just life emanating from him. Albert Einstein, no person is filled with such life than Jesus Christ. H.G. Wells, I must confess as a historian and not a believer that this penniless preacher from Nazareth is irrevocably the very center of history. Philip Schaff, here's a longer quote. Jesus of Nazareth, without money and arms, conquered more millions than Alexander, Caesar, Mohammed, and Napoleon. Without science and learning, he shed more light on things human and divine than all the philosophers and scholars combined. Without the eloquence of the school, he spoke words of life such as were never spoken before nor since and produced effects that lie beyond the reach of orator or poet. Without writing a single line, he has set more pens in motion and furnished themes for more sermons, orations, discussions, works of art, learned volumes, and sweet songs of praise in the whole army of great men and women of ancient and modern times. In him was life and life to the full, an indestructible life. And that life was the light of all mankind. He shows us what life is about. How to live it. What is right and wrong? What is good? What is beautiful? In his global bestseller, Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind, Israeli historian Yuval Noah Harari, he's not a Christian believer. Nevertheless, in this book, he makes the claim that our deepest held moral beliefs today around what is good and true, particularly around equality, he says are not self-evident truths. He says if we do not believe in the Christian myths, as he calls them, about God, creation, and souls, what does it mean that all people are equal? We may strongly believe that racism is wrong, that women are equal to men, that sexual assault is evil, and that people should not abuse their power. But if there is no God, he asks, what is the basis for those strongly held beliefs? Homo sapiens has no natural rights, he claims, just as spiders, hyenas, and chimpanzees have none other. And look, and again, it's again another, why Christmas, the Advent, Jesus, the word, it's such good news. Because here is the very meaning of life. Here is the word made flesh. Here is the foundation of, of all morals today. In the person of Jesus Christ, the perfect human being, the word made flesh, God himself, come to us, showing us what is beautiful, good, and true. He shows us the way to go. So here is hope of more than just making it through COVID, more than just surviving Christmas, but actually experiencing and living life to the full through it. With Jesus Christ in us, with us, leading the way, being patient through it all, as more variants come as it goes on and on, being gracious with others who might take different views on how to live through it, compassionate to those in need, trusting the Lord through it, seeing the transformation that he is bringing through it all for our good. And here is hope that no matter the darkness you are facing, it will one day come to an end. Perhaps in this life, certainly in the next, 
Jesus faced the ultimate darkness, the darkness of death, and three days later, he was risen. It's an indestructible life if your faith is in him. And you've got this life. Death can't get in the way. Let there be light. There is light. Let there be a creation. Let there be a new creation. Let there be this world renewed. It's coming. You can be sure of it. And here is hope that no matter how self-inflicted your darkness is right now, from decisions you have made, bad choices perhaps, deliberate sin, the light still shines. Because at the end of his life, Jesus Christ is dying on a cross for you and me, and there is darkness over the whole land, and he bears the darkness of God's judgment, and he pays for sin once for all. And he cries out on the cross in John's gospel, it is finished the moment he breathes his life. It is finished. I've dealt with it. I've paid for it. And three days later, rising triumphant, victorious from the grave to everlasting resurrection life. The light shines in the darkness. Name your darkness. What is it? Jesus Christ has overcome it. Here is hope founded upon the eternal, unchanging nature of God himself who speaks, who creates, who is himself life. So can I encourage you to come to this light this Advent, particularly if you've never done so up to this point. John is writing this gospel that so people would believe that Jesus is the Christ and believe in him as the Son of God and have life in his name. Do you want this life? Come to him. It's free. You just need to accept it. And for regulars here who are trusting in Jesus, look, belief in John's gospel is an ongoing belief, a daily belief. When the darkness is there, it's hard. We doubt, we waver, we stumble. We turn in on ourselves. We lose sight of the light. Come back, you can come right now. He's there, he's speaking, he's relating, he wants it. He's made you, he's life. Come to him and have this hope, this Advent, this Christmas, and into the new year. Let me pray that for us now. Let's pray. Father God, we thank and praise you for this opening five verses of John's gospel. You take us back to before the creation of the world, who you are. We know it's Father, Son, and Spirit, but here, Father and Son, but the word you communicate, you relate, you speak, it's who you are. And out of that, the universe comes and the word made flesh. And we can know Jesus and know you. Thank you that you've created us. Thank you that in you there is life. Thank you that the hope we have at Christmas, the light shining in the dark, it's real. It's deep, it is lasting, it is founded upon you, who you are. So please reassure our hearts. Please give us confidence in this hope and help us to live for you today, this week, until we meet again. We ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen.